Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hello again. It's Thursday night for us. It may be Tuesday for you, or maybe it's later. I don't know. It depends <laughs> on when you decide to listen to this episode, but here we are again doing What the Future Holds, your Star Trek Discovery podcast here on Sweet Media. I am one of three. I'm not a Borg. That's a great Borg name. <laughs> At least not anymore. So, but I'm Brandy. I'm Brandy Jackola. And with me, as always, is our good friend Christopher D. Littlefield, two of three. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm better now that I've seen the Star Trek episode and I'm talking with y'all. It's been a weird yeah. day, but I'm good. I'm good now. Thanks yeah, for that. I know, I know all about weird days. It's been a weird week for yeah. me and for Dave, really. And, and speaking of Dave, uh, three of three, hello. How hello. are you, darling? It is the first day of Hanukkah, and we can say that because it's sundown. So, to all our it is Jewish friends mm-hmm. and listeners, and both having lit their first candle. Yeah, and uh, I am also reminded that uh, this is actually a pretty mon- minor yeah. holiday in the mm-hmm. Jewish pantheon. Yeah, it's really low <laughs> so... on there. It's not like Passover or anything. <laughs> yeah. oh, Passover yeah. is the bomb, you guys. Yeah, right. But yeah, everybody's just like, we're trying so hard to be mm-hmm. inclusive. And yeah. people, Jewish people are like, uh, guys, this really isn't that big of a deal. You don't have to it's wish like our Arbor Day. Come on. It, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really just people trying, like it's the dominance yeah. of Christianity trying to assert itself. And it's on not even that. It's the commercialization like, of Christmas that, you know, trying to. Every holiday doesn't have to no. equal Christmas at this time yeah. of year. <laughs> yeah. You Gentiles. don't have to have, uh, yeah. Happy okay. day of uh, cosmic <laughs> I, renewal, which is a festival in Taiwan that happens once every sixty years. <laughs> wow! Ooh, I that'd yep. be fun so to I go use to. That as yes. my generic weird holiday. Bring that up, or we could just borrow from the Star Wars pantheon. <gasps> life, day. Happy life, life day, life day, uh, life day. Let's just celebrate <laughs> your life. Porn, Grandpa. <laughs> What? That's in the holiday special. What is wrong with you? Give him some kind of weird, like ASMR porn video (laughs) thing. I'm disappointed because I've never seen the holiday special, and I looked for it on Disney Plus, and it sure as hell is not on there because I guess the universe is trying to forget it. Find it on YouTube. No, they try to take it down, but (laughs) they the Lego holiday special. Those are on it. It's available. Uh, it is adorable, and they make so many ridiculous references. I hurt yeah. from laughing. So I'm sure. I just started Clone Wars. Ooh. Oh, did you? Yes, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I have never gotten into that. I'm trying to get through Rebels, and I'm only about five episodes in, so I have quite Rebels, a ways to Rebels. Go. Well, I was so obsessed with Rosario Dawson coming in as Ahsoka that I had to go back and find and, and see the origin. Yeah. Which she is now going to have her own series, right. apparently, yep. I saw on her IG. Yeah. 
and apparently so is Lando and mm. 50 million other things. Everybody um, gets a because, series. Yeah, you get a series and you get a series because they're doing it with Marvel, so why not do it with Star Wars? Can we have a Jar Jar Binks series? No, can we not? Can <laughs> they we should not? call Lando's series Lando's End. <laughs> and speaking of a Jar Jar Binks movie, there's a podcast called Story Break. And it's a bunch of screenwriters, and they take an hour just to break a film and, you know, come up with the plot beats and all that. And they did the Jar Jar Binks movie. That's how long it takes us yeah, to start it takes the show. us about an hour to start. <laughs> but it's actually one of the better episodes, because they actually give him this redemptive arc. It's pretty crazy. We're, we're, all, about, um, we're all about delayed it. satisfaction on this podcast. All about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Terra Firma Part so, 1. Terra Firma Terra Part Firma. 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, full, mirror full episode. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Um, full disclosure, we only got the screener for this episode last week, so we didn't get two at the same time. And oh, I good. think that probably now through the end of the season, we will only get one at a time. So we're on a cliffhanger <laughs> with everybody else. All right. How does it feel, guys? It, it feels difficult. Um, it feels like... Yeah, it's it's difficult. It's, um, it's part one. I'm of sorry a, for your of suffering. Two parter, and it's hard to review mm. that because we don't know if there's going to be any payoffs to what's set up, and there's a yeah, lot of to my questions world. just hanging. Look, there. we were in this world before <laughs> this year. Okay, in fact, before August of this year, we were the same as everybody else. <laughs> I got lucky. And fell in with somebody who got me on the list for screeners, and we have benefited from that. I don't ever feel like lording it over somebody's head, because honestly, I love seeing these things in advance, but it is so hard to not talk about them. Yeah. And I catch myself all the time. It's got to be hard to limit your knowledge of what you're talking about. Like, you have to, that's got to suck. Yeah. Yeah, so Mirror Universe. So who um, knew? Did y'all know before you got the screener? Well, I guessed because of Terra Firma yeah. that it was going to be a Mirror Universe episode, especially oh. since judging from the next time on thing, I you know, with it being about Giorgio, I'm like, this is going to be Mirror Universe. Interesting. I so. I just, I guess it went over my head. It's kind of fun that, once again, just through Kismet, with it being delayed on its release, it's falling around Christmas time because it's kind of got this It's a Wonderful Life vibe to it. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that. Okay. Or Christmas Carol. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Take your yeah. pick. Yeah. So I have a quick question. She she's mm-hmm. actually there, right? She's just in the past. Is she in the past changing we things? Don't, we don't know. Well, our bowler we hat dude said. <laughs> you're you're gonna stay in the green medically, but there's other ways you can die. So I don't know what that means exactly. Ego death. Yeah, possibly. Because I don't know if her actions there are gonna affect what happens in the mirror universe. Like it's well, time because travel. Stamets is supposed to still be alive yeah. because he's on the he's doing all the spore stuff. And so were they too? put down Lorca's rebellion before he goes to the prime universe, that would screw everything up. Cause he would never have gone. And Michael would have gone to prison because it's Lorca that broke her out. And yeah, she would have and stayed he was in on prison. the Baran when the thing happened. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird, yeah. weird. So it took me a while. I was a little bit 
all these things are going through my head when we're first there. Yeah. And it's still kind of, but I just kind of put them to the side to enjoy the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to wonder about there because I honestly don't know if she's in her alternate reality or if this is some kind of simulation or I just don't know. I just, I, I would hazard a guess. I know what you're going to say. That I don't think it's a cue. Okay. I don't think it's Obviously, a cue. we're all thinking that, right? I, I thought that at first, but then I thought, no, this just isn't a cue thing. Okay. It's just not something a cue would do. A cue would a do. A cue are, are not around to help people. They're around <laughs> for their own amusement. And that's really not what's going mm-hmm. on here. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, my good friend Aaron Harvey got some screenshots not very good ones because it was from the um, the screener the screener and its lower resolution yeah. of the newspaper. Okay. And that page, and there's a lot of different articles in there, and there's also written in handwriting, like cursive handwriting. Let me help you. Oh, interesting. So, or was mm. it let us help you? One of those two, but yeah, it was. There was just there was so much going on with that newspaper. I feel like if, because the reason that I don't think that it's a cue, because there is no way that Zora is going to know when and where a cue is going to be present. This is something that is a fixed point. This is something that its existence has been known for possibly thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years. So not a cue. That's not how they operate. Yeah, it's like a post of duty. Do you think it's... Like a um, sitting on the edge of forever type of yes! thing. Yes, I was just gonna say. I think oh it's a guardian. Oh my god, it's a guardian. I think it's that a guardian of forever. Awesome, because he has a portal. <gasps> he does. Ooh, That's that just gave theory. me goosebumps. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. As Aaron and I were talking about that, and. He's like, I, do, I don't think it's a cue. And I'm like, I don't think it's a cue either. And so he's like, I think it's a guardian. I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense that it's that's, a guardian because. That's cool. Yeah. There's something of an Americanized Doctor Who to the character. Yeah. Or was his name Carl? Carl. 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 Yeah. He had to think of a name, which I found I liked amusing. Carl. Carl was great. Have you met his son, Carl's Carl. Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Speaking of simulations and Giorgio, is you guys were right about her glitching, and mm-hmm. I was yeah. wrong. I thought it was going to be the gel that glitched because that made more sense to me because it's so digital looking. It looks like she's like a video game sprite whenever she glitches. Well, her molecules are literally breaking apart. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like the visual grammar. Ooh, it's of it. gross, right? I, I wish it looked more organic and less less electronic. Well, maybe that's because she's from a different universe. Yeah. So the last time you saw somebody's molecules freaking out and flipping out and trying to go to another universe, did it look more organic to you? Well, the only, th- <laughs> like, the closest thing to it is Boimler? Boimler. 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 Being out of phase and just glowing. Well, the doctor from the seed ship. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And he looked like a next generation, just weird, blobby 
thing slightly out of focus. Well, it wasn't just that. I mean, he was he was out of proportion a right. lot, like stretched around quite a bit at yeah. weird angles and such. Okay, so, so he also mm-hmm. had that kind of like the tracking's bad on the VCR kind of glitching. <laughs> For those yeah. of you yeah, that right. are older than forty, <laughs> do you remember yeah. getting the the video the head cleaner? You would put the liquid uh, yeah. on the on the special tape, and like it would run it through. Oh my god! I'm forty. I'm forty three next week. Yep. Next week is my birthday. We record yes. on my birthday next week. Oh, I'm so excited. Video cassette but recorder. I just feel old. VCR. Yep. Yeah. Betamax using magnetic tape of all things. Yeah. So inefficient, yet at the time it was so amazing. It would erase it slightly every time you played it. Right. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yep. Weird. <laughs> Weird. And to think now we just don't even have any physical media. Well, I mean we do. Yeah, we do. It's just hard to play. I taped Voyager episodes on VHS and other series too, but I may I would get on the little one of the little graphic print shop type of situations on our old Mac plus. And I made the Star Trek Delta as a little clip art. And then I would type up the episode names of all the episodes that were on that tape with the little Delta next to it and get a glue stick. I would print it on colored construction paper, get a glue stick and put it on the VHS tape. I have a ton of them still at my parents' house. That's so adorable. I love that so much. And that trick where you could take a VHS tape and tape over the little hole thingy oh, yeah, there to record and record over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, oh, that was we past. went somewhere. But yeah, simulations. Georgia's well, you know, <laughs> getting her own blast from the yeah, past, seriously. so it fits. <laughs> yeah, it's odd because um, there's a physicist that figured that there's a pretty good chance that life as we know it is. A simulation and that the model kind of fits and mathematically it fits that we could be living in a simulation of some other organism mm-hmm. is running are we the dreamer or the yeah, dream? that there's a percentage As david lynch of that happen everything yeah. he does and i think of that and go well the models you're using to run that is a simulation and so a simulation is showing you the likelihood of a simulation so you know it's like an infinite mirror situation you know put two mirrors in front of each other is just how deep does that well go brandy dave broke my brain um he does that to me on a regular yeah. basis <laughs> and i welcome it because it challenges my it's reality hot. It's, so it's hot. totally hot. It's totally hot. <laughs> oh, you guys, it's super hot. Well, with infinite number of universes and infinite chances of running a simulation, and how many of those would have a successful simulation where life could exist in it? Mm. Yeah. Brandy's just staring off into oh. space now. <laughs> because you're breaking our brains, yeah. Dave. Yeah. But, well, yeah. But yeah, this is your life for Jojo. <laughs> I want to ask y'all, because I was wondering, as I was watching it for myself, I was asking myself this question, your excitedness or happiness about being back in the universe, what's the level there for y'all? Not very high for me. I could do without it. I don't need to revisit it. Yeah, I I honestly tend to not care for Mirror Universe episodes the ones in the one in TOS was fine. 
Um, there weren't any in uh, Next Gen, of course, unless you count the comics, which that was actually pretty cool. And then the ones in DS9, I just Yeah, hate. they're horrible. <laughs> they, they tend towards the comedic episodes, and they're just not good. They seem like yeah. filler episodes. I, I enjoy Mirror Universe episodes. I like them, but I'm in the minority. Yeah. I like them as an acting exercise because it's fun to see the characters in a oh, different yeah. role. Holy yeah. shit, Sonequa yeah. as Mirror Burn. Oh, even her God, yes. no freaking Just joke. Master class in acting right there. Oh, my it was God. Just... And those dark lips. Wow. The eye makeup yeah. was just, oh, yeah. and her just, she was a different person. And she'd spit she venom just... with every line she read. Mm-hmm. So, so much going on in those eyes. And I think that's, you know, mostly why we're seeing this is to see the relationship between Mira Michael and Emperor Jorjot. Right. And that it's not as great as Philippa remembers it. Yeah, she is definitely not the same person she was when we first met her. Yeah, she's very much romanticizing her relationship with Mira Michael and mm-hmm. thinking it was something that it was not. I think she's romanticizing her relationship with herself too. Yeah, that that too. I think that she's I think a mess. Time, <laughs> yeah. She is a mess. Time in the Prime Universe has changed her, mm-hmm. and I would say for the better. It's like that Forrest Gump thing between nature and nurture, mm-hmm. as we're seeing that that, and we get David Cronenberg again as it's as Kovich and boy what a racist towards Terrans he is <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like isn't this supposed to be like a post racist society but he has attitudes towards Terrans that are like mm. none of the things that he says are inaccurate right yeah <laughs> that if they're gonna <laughs> die they're gonna die in battle much like a Klingon does yeah for the honor and glory of it that is true Kovich um, 19 <laughs> <laughs> have you heard that Mm-mm. No, but <laughs> Dan Gunther no, told me that. Oh, oh wow. of course he did. <laughs> oh wow, that's so funny. <laughs> Actually, listen to that episode. So oh, yeah, I do oh. remember that now. Oh god. Um, do you think that that's why she's been she's been super extra nasty in this season? Yes, because that she's afraid. She's holding. She's really trying to hold on to who she is romanticizing herself mm-hmm. to have been. Yeah. And as it tur- is turning out, she's not that person. And you could say she's not that person anymore, but I think she was not ever that person. Yes. And it seems if that's the case, that she's entering into this moment of her past when people are starting to see you know, the weaknesses in her armor, that, that she's a little soft for who you need to be the emperor mm. that she's a little too loving towards those you know she has affection for like michael she didn't want to and kill that's saru. A weakness. and saru yeah oh the look on her face when she saw it was saru mm-hmm. i know oh yeah. my god because you know they had that goodbye with our prime saru and you could tell she really respects him i mean you could just tell she shook hands with him. She doesn't I shake know. hands with anybody. Yeah. And then she was going to do the same to Tilly. And then, of course, Tilly, being Tilly, hugs the hell out of her. And she hugs back. And after she was so mean and dumped that soup on Tilly. Yeah. 
it's that interesting. That like a good stew, actually. It's, <laughs> got carrots in it. And, Maybe anyway. it's miso. <laughs> Is, are carrots in miso soup? I don't. Could be. No, I don't know about miso soup. What were you saying, Chris? I'm sorry. I I just I'm fascinated with Georgia's arc more now and mm. seeing because I was. In the first half of the season, I it was really annoying me at how ugly she was being to people. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, this is overkill. This is too much. It didn't feel like there was a reason for it. Now I feel like it's earned. Oh, yeah. And I'm starting to... I just feel like they're really... There's so many onions. I mean, so many layers to the onion <laughs> of Giorgio, you know? And she's like, full of onions, too. <laughs> yeah. And it just... It's curious because... Yeah, I just it's 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 fascinating. It is. It is. I didn't expect to enjoy this episode. And yet if I had to pick a mirror universe episode that I that was my favorite, it's probably going to be this one because really? it's very different from other mirror universe episodes. Possibly because I don't know what's going to happen. Or if we're even in the mirror universe. If, yeah, I don't right. I don't know any of this. And it's just such an interesting character study of Emperor Giorgio about who she thinks she is versus who she actually is versus who her prime counterpart was versus Mirror Michael versus Prime Michael. All of these things. It's just, it's a lot for her to process. She's, I mean, she's gotta be so messed up. Like, I feel messed up watching it because I'm like, you're awful. You're awful. You're an awful person. And then I, like, feel for her. But I'm like, mm-hmm. ew, why do I feel for her? She's a murderer, you well, know? it's an existential crisis for sure is that she's coming to terms with who she used to be and who she's becoming and which would she rather be. And then she's, like, going to kumbaya the mirror universe at the end there, you know? <laughs> She's going to make everything, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it better. seems to be what she's aiming for is that <laughs> it can be so much better than the way they have it. Mm. I wanted, I kind of wanted them to start, her to start singing <laughs> at the end or something. <laughs> what the world needs, needs now. now. <laughs> A lot of interesting things happen because we, th- you know, this is a, a part of her timeline that we've never seen. Yeah. So oh, we get a backstory through that whole theater bit. Yeah. Of how she was a child when she defeated some invaders. That's yeah, just she was Terrence. a peasant girl. Yeah, peasant Terrence girl. surprisingly very up on their theater and and work with silks and such. It's still <laughs> kind of fascisty. Yeah. Their their way of art. It's like it's like Wagner or something. You know? mm. It's like Flight of the Valkyries. Though I liked uh, Stamets's poem. It's very Shakespearean. Yes, and whoever wrote that knew how to write rhyming poetry. Mm-hmm. Because there are rules that if you follow them correctly, everybody, nobody notices. But if you break them, it becomes very noticeable. It's like when you have too many syllables because you want to make that rhyme, but you have too many syllables in the sentence. And so the meter isn't matching from stanza to stanza. That drives me nuts. The couplet. Absolutely drives me (laughs) nuts. And I'm going to say, (laughs) 
I'm going to bring this into it. I am so sorry, Robbie, Robbie Duncan McNeil, but your limericks are terrible. Learn how <laughs> limericks go. Da 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 and he makes these rambling compound sentences for yeah, each line. Yeah, the scansion is important. You know how the words yeah. scan and the, where mm-hmm. the syllables fall. If it's a stressed beat or an unstressed beat, you know exactly. You don't want the unstressed syllables on. You know, yeah, stressed so, beats. I love you, Robbie, but I find actual limericks <laughs> and work from um, that. That scene where they're having the the production the dedication or coordination whatever you want to call it Dedic- the it's the commissioning it's the commission it's the christening of the chiron 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 c-h-a-r-o-n chiron yeah the uh as in an oval four ferryman yeah the ferryman for the dead across the river sticks yeah uh that it reminds me of the new Slovenian art movement, which is, you know, the country of Slovenia. And that particular uh, country during World War II had a rough time with, with Germany that was occupying it at the time. And so this art movement, they've adopted a lot of fascist imagery, fascist sounds. Uh, the band Leibach is uh, part of that. And they take a lot of popular music and turn it in a kind of a fascist, militaristic, uh, martial industrial style, like they did the all the songs from Sound of Music. And they did that in this kind of fascistic style, which is great. Uh, the Goat Herd, amazing take on that. They took some Prince songs. Mm-hmm. They took uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, made it all fascistic. fascistic. Uh, the Beatles' blue album or white album? White album, I think. They did a fascist take on that because they thought they all sounded like wartime pub songs <laughs> off that album. This is, first of all, so sexy, Dave, that you're saying these things. <laughs> like, I'm getting a little hot and bothered because I love the way that you're talking oh, right music? now. Well, yeah. Is your, uh, well, I don't know. What, yeah, I mean, I, I can know what you mean. I feel like there's, I want to know more about. Oh yeah, Lightbox, amazing. Very controversial because of uh, the fascist imagery and stuff, but they're doing it in a very tongue-in-cheek way, but it's done so head-on that it's really easy to mistake what they're doing. But yeah, they're really Mm -hmm. super leftist, but because they're, you know, the image and the sound is so far right-wing that a lot of people misconstrue what they're doing. It's rigid, right? Well, rigid as in hard. (laughs) Like aesthetically, oh yes, um, very Spartan of uh, Wagnerian uh, keyboard right. sounding horn sections, uh, mm-hmm. militaristic beats. They even okay. dress in fascistic clothing, like they have the whole Z strap and the tall boots, and even kind of the fascist haircuts. You know, militaristic haircuts. Nice. So, yeah, it reminds me of that kind of imagery and sound. Is you know how fascists do art which is to serve the state it isn't really to do anything to move people in in other ways other than towards war okay you just made that scene make a whole hell of a lot more sense for me i appreciate it yeah. much more now it also remind me of like the uh peking opera is that a lot of mm. kung fu students I mean, that's like Sammo Hung mm. and Jackie Chan. They all got their start in the Peking Opera. 
which would have these plays and little operas about, you know, the old warring states time of China and, you know, just doing wushu performances and singing and stuff. But yeah, all towards war and kind of this communistic, you know, totalitarian state. Yeah, um, it was odd because I thought, wow, I didn't think the Terrans would have art. And then you go, oh, yes, they'd have this kind of art. They'd have a very fascistic, very totalitarian style of art. I like that. And it was a great scene, too, when Stamets got stabbed and was bleeding, and they had all those red yeah. ribbons, that, that which is a yeah. trick Shakespeare would use. <laughs> right. As a bit of red silk or something to appear like blood on the stage. So I like mm -hmm. that touch, too. So for theater kids, mm -hmm. <laughs> I bet they got a kick very, out of he it. He had it coming. <laughs> he had it coming. Yep. It was very cell block tango. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he... yeah, that yeah. was very cool. Remind me of Emily Autumn and her concerts. Yep, because they do a burlesque show while performing. I was thinking songs. of that too. And this too. little four foot nothing uh, young lady mm -hmm. by the name of Captain Maggots would do flaming hula hoops. And the one we saw, she almost lost it and almost went into the audience. It was scary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, she just barely yep. caught that yep. before it went flying out into the crowd. I remember that. Yeah, the look on her face, too. Yeah. She broke character for just yeah. one second. She was like, ah! <laughs> this look of sheer terror. Oh my terror. God, I'm going to kill someone! Yep. And the Contessa, she did that. Uh, what is that, ribbon? It's not quite ribbon dancing, but it's the one with silks. the silks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She I have a friend that. that does a lot of that. I have several friends that do mm -hmm. that stuff. Fan dancing. It is it is complex mm -hmm. and it requires a lot of physical control. Oh yeah. Oh my god, you have to be so strong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same thing with pole dancing. Yeah. You have mm -hmm. to be really, really strong. So yeah, well, we have run the gamut on interesting I, topics. I feel already. like I really this, like, that like scene. what I what I really appreciate also about Mirror Universe episodes is that like as an actor, you know that they had so much fun with the script and filming it. Like yes. as an artist, being able to do something like that with your character, but not like that. I mean, you can just tell that they are they are eating that up, you know? Well, you just look at Mary Wiseman and the confidence and sensuality that she brings to the character there's always honey dripping off her words in a kind of sinister yeah. way she's overly sweet and it wasn't like they're so i mean these actors are so good yes. like it, it was she mary wiseman was not tilly playing killy like no. season mm -hmm. one she was killy no mm -hmm. and and we've never seen her before so we didn't mm -hmm. know what to expect she wasn't actually she wasn't what i was expecting yeah. she was something very different which I appreciated and, and make, yeah. make, makes me appreciate Mary even more. And Owo looked mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Everybody with the eyeliner. Just the so styling. Much yes. <laughs> Wilson Cruz was, like, on fire. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't get to see nearly enough of him yeah. in this episode. No. He had some nice good eyeliner, to too. Hear him in, yeah. in that scene, too, just to hear his take on the character in the Mirror Universe. And Landry. Yeah, Landry was nice Landry to see. Landry back. What's kill, what kills me about Landry, and I said this before, is that she seems softer in the Mirror Universe in than she did universe. in the Prime Universe. Yeah. yeah. That's mm -hmm. odd. It, yeah, it's, it's interesting because you would think that the Landry that was on Prime Universe Discovery was the Mirror counterpart. Yeah. But no. 
So, well, the thing is, is that with Mirror Universe, everybody thinks that their character is the exact opposite of whatever they are in the Prime Universe, and that's not necessarily right. true. Right, yeah. It depends on a lot of things. You know, they may just be slightly different. They may be completely different. Yeah, I mean, we saw uh, the Torchbearer. We saw um, Sarek was very similar, perhaps mm-hmm. a little bit colder. But... Had that sexy goatee, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Vulcans in the Mirror Universe must have goatees. <laughs> so another odd thing about the Mirror Universe episodes is they all seem to detract from Mirror Universe Spock and what he does to help like bring down the Terran Empire, if my memory mm-hmm. serves. In DS9? And, well, in the Mirror Mirror episode, isn't that the one where he yeah tos yeah the tos right episode. but that hasn't happened yet yeah but yeah that hasn't happened yeah. yet but yeah ds9 definitely reduces that well they they like go way way further yeah. ahead so that then the rebel everything kind of shifts and switches around a lot but yeah i can see i can see that it does reduce what spock started in that episode yeah at least for a time. Yeah, and that that's it's another thing is is that we prime universe humans always seem to assume that when someone crosses over into the mirror universe that it's the same time period. That is not necessarily true. In fact, that's rarely true. Mhm. So, you know, you could be 500 years in the future or you could be a thousand years in the past. That's the thing about alternate universes. They don't all exist in the same it's time not the sa- period. Yeah, it's not the same time. It's literally not the same timeline. Yeah. So Yeah, it's go not, like, watch it d- Into the Spider-Verse if you want to understand it better. <laughs> oh, I know. I still need to watch that. That's so good. It's such a great movie. Great music, it's great animation. Spider-Man movie. Do you know what it. I really loved was in to uh, we were the prime universe and you were the mirror. That mm-hmm. quote between yep. Saru and Giorgio, yeah. I loved that. That's mm-hmm. the kind of perspective that I like that Discovery throws in there for you. That's like, see, you're not as important as you think you are. <laughs> yeah, but then uh, Saru just says, as it should be. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that's that's why, Perfect. you know, he's, he says basically that they never minced words with each other. For that, he has Giorgio's respect, which is not something she gives lightly, if she gives it at all, right. ever. How about no, when and she... she sassed the hell out of him, but he, she, but she's backed down every time mm-hmm. this season when, when he's asserted his authority. Yep. How about uh, Giorgio starting a fight with Prime Michael to try to get her to kill her? That reminded me of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm, very much, yeah. yes. Oh. In which Michelle Yeoh <laughs> was a star. With all the weapons so... on that rack and just grabbing whatever. It's one of the best mm-hmm. fight scenes in cinema, I think, is when she's just grabbing every different weapon and fighting against the Green Destiny sword. It's just a great scene. I will say this is this is definitely Michelle Yeoh's best performance in an epi- Star Trek episode to date. Well, it's interesting that they bring up... I'm going to get the name wrong again. Ar- Arium, right? Arium. Arium. Mm. is that this kind of reminds me of what they dealt with Arium's death, is that, okay, we have a character whose life is on the line, but we don't know that much really about her. 
just what she tells us, and a lot of that could be lies. She's not a trustworthy narrator. So to be able to go into this episode and see the true Emperor Giorgio and what her life was like in that universe is really interesting. But is it coming too late? Is it something no, we should have already so. known? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I mean, we ha- we got... We were in the Mirror Universe in Season 1 for, what, five episodes? Right. I think we got a pretty clear view Mm -hmm. of what she was like. So, I mean, we may not have known her daily details, but we knew enough to know that she was cruel and her power was absolute. So, basically, a Terran Emperor. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like... I feel like this... Like I could see this this had to have been a hard episode for Michelle Yeoh to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it just with the complexity of it and you know, with a character that really doesn't know who she is, yeah. experiencing this after two years of being gone and like I feel like Michelle Yeoh had the such a challenge with this episode. And she clearly she knocked it out of the park, mm-hmm. I think. That's that's Agreed. that's my the best part is for me is is her performance in this episode and, and Sneak was of course, but I, I was really impressed with Michelle. And she if she does get that five percent survival rate and nail it, if she rolls her natural twenty on her I guess death save. Which she will. Because yeah. <laughs> you know that's the percentage chance, one in twenty. I mean it's like rolling a natural twenty in D and D. It's Yes. Yeah. So um, if she succeeds, are we going to see a softer version of her? Or are we going to see a more wholesome, a more integral, a more put together version of Giorgio as we did with Colbert? I just don't know. Hmm. We'll have to wait until next week to yeah. find that out because I don't know the end game of That's this, the thing. whatever we don't know. it is. Yeah. We don't know. First of all, we don't really know where she is. Yeah. No. Um, or who's in control, or where she's going to be after. Yeah, that is somewhat frustrating as like a casual viewer is what's going on. What's this man with this door? Why aren't they more flabbergasted by the appearance of this figure? It seems like they take it pretty casually. Well, they've seen some weird shit in their time. (laughs) That's true. They've been to the mycelial network, so a guy suddenly appearing on a planet with a door... They're not going to be that fussed about it. <laughs> yeah, when when a spore is talking to you, that's mm-hmm. you know in the form yeah, of a they've dead literally school friend been inside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The thing is, is that <laughs> this is discovery, yeah. and they pay off what they put forward. It's not like a J.J. Abrams series where right. they set up all of these plot lines that go nowhere. Yeah, right. We are going to have these questions answered. Yeah, it's this just isn't a simple, simple track. You know, no. No, it's complex, Trek. I had some issues with Saru in this one. Really? Oh. His just going, well, we can't really do this mission because, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. When he just had that conversation with Trina mm-hmm. a little while ago where she said that we don't really follow his principles anymore because they're just aphorisms. They don't really serve people. It's like he completely yeah. ignored that conversation he had and... It's all about saving Giorgio's life. And he's like, no, I don't want to. I don't see it that way. I didn't see it that way either. Hmm. 
Not at all. And the way his hand just went down in a very dismissive fashion to close the whole planet that they were looking at. I didn't see it that yeah. way. You know what? I saw it as he's he's in. Mm. He, he's got the trust of Starfleet, and now he takes it very seriously, and that's the most important thing. And it was, you know, I, I kind of saw it more like I'm 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 the big captain now, and I need to have my duty, and I can't let these little things distract me. Well, you Again, say that, Michael. but at the end of the episode, when he gets that uh, distress message, and it's Kelpians, he's keeping that secret from Vance. And even Tilly's like, um, shouldn't we share this? Okay. You know, and he wants something more definitive. It's like, well, does he need something more definitive? Or is he just theory. keeping that secret now because Kelpians are involved? I've got a theory. Mm-hmm. Uh... Okay. Um, but Brandy, here, you should go first. Yeah. Th well, this is my viewpoint on the whole thing. Um, <laughs> it is difficult to measure the worth of one person against possibly millions of lives that could be ended by what the Emerald Chain is about to do. And the fact that Discovery is the only ship with a spore drive that could be wherever they end up instantaneously and possibly be the thing that turns the tide i get why he would say the needs of the many in this case because when you look at it statistically it's a no-brainer we risk everything that we can do with this ship to to help this one person that only has a five percent chance of survival when you put it like that, yeah, but boiling it down to cold numbers, that makes sense. Who it's is logical. A murderer and, and unkind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting that Vance is the one mm -hmm. who turns him away from that because Vance has been there. I loved that. I loved I did too. That. There were there were people I saw talking about it that were like, How is he how did he let them go do this? Um, he explained it. In the episode, did you not actually watch the episode? <laughs> Why is this in question? Yeah, he even says, what, when you let one crew member drown, the rest of your crew mm. will look at you differently. differently. from them, And on. you'll look at yourself differently. And you'll look at yourself, mm -hmm. yeah. I loved this moment. I loved, I really gained a, a lot more affection for Vance in that moment. Right. Yeah. It was nice to see something personal about him. Mm-hmm. And he said he talked about how he had made a number of bad calls. Mm -hmm. It's almost like Vance gave Saru his own "We Are Starfleet" kind of talking to. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. It also reminds me of the "No Man Left Behind" kind mm -hmm. of attitude that the U.S. military has. Well, Discovery's crew has that as well. Yeah. And, and that and that doesn't even need to be someone from their crew. Like, they were going to go down and rescue the people that were alive on the Hiawatha. Mm -hmm. Even though it would it would probably kill them to try to get there because dark matter, weird gravity. So, and one of them did die. Yes. He gave his life because he was mansplaining. <laughs> <laughs> but he, what a sexy man he was. <laughs> Don't see it. For me. Um, Vance, <laughs> on the other hand, I was just like... Good enough. Oh, yeah, he's skin tight blue. Vance is okay. very sexy. Sorry. Season three. <laughs> just, just as he was transporting out, I shouted, I love you in your epic beard. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. I really do love that beer. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, please. No. Go ahead. No, me. The, okay. He's, he's going to say his, his theory. And I have uh, thoughts about that as well, but I want to hear oh, your This theory. is something else entirely. It's about mirror universes, prime universes, Kelvin universes. Brandy spotted something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah, um, that's something that actually I think slipped by a lot of people is when Kober and Kovich are talking and he shows this hologram of this guy, what was his name, Yor, if I remember right, um, and says that he was from an alternate timeline that was created when a Romulan mining ship strayed into a different universe. And I'm like, fuck, they just referenced the Kelvin yeah, timeline, it's you the guys. first time. So now the Kelvin timeline is canon. Well, of its, it's own. been canon. Yeah, but there are people that are still just like. Well, it's now. It's its own canon. We're now we're now aware of it in the prime universe. Yeah. Yeah, it is recognized as a valid universe in the Star Trek pantheon of universes. I've said pantheon way too much in this I like episode it. already. So, but what's Chris? What is your theory have, on the? Well, Fingies? I have a question first. Since we're on this, since we're on the okay. TNG season one uniform situation, did they say what species that guy was? I don't recall them saying C- that. Did he look Reman-ish? No, he looked more aquatic to me. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I was like, oh, can can we have a Reman? Can he be Reman, please? Because <laughs> I I've seen Reman's. But I've not seen a, a, quite a few in Enterprise, but Enterprise, yeah, yeah. Remans. Yup. What? You didn't watch season four. I did, but I have not. I'm not at my rewatch. I'm not there yet in my rewatch because I stopped somewhere in season three, like two remember, years ago. <laughs> remember that uh, that Romulan ship that could make itself look like any other ship. And how oh it God, was being so operated by a um, Anar. That's how we learned about the Anar, the uh, the partners to the Andorians, because but they have whiter skin, and they're blind, mm-hmm. and they live in the deepest cold of the planet, etc. Right. And it was um, oh, what was her name? The one that Shran was hot for. Oh Can't yeah. Can't remember her name at the moment, but it was her brother that they were forcing to run that ship, but. They were partnering with Remans. There were Remans on that ship. Oh, wow. I need to finish my Enterprise rewatch. Yeah, you do. Okay. Well, that being aside, going back to Saru and the Kelpian, do y'all know who played do- the Doctor, right? It was Hannah Spear? Yes. It was, um, uh, Saru- what's what's her name? Oh, my God. Serana. Same Sarana, actress. Yes. yes. Same actor. I thought there was a similarity. Yeah. Yes. You could tell in the voice, right? Yeah, and, and just the way she spoke. Yeah. What if? What if? she spoke. I mean, obviously, Star Trek is loyal to its actors, and they love to have people come back. But what if it was on purpose? What if the Doctor is an is a is related to Saru? Progeny. Progeny. Ah, yeah. I was gonna say ancestor, but that's wrong. What if Saru is an ancestor to the Doctor? It's quite possible. It's possible. You never know what what happened to Serana and what she did, and after that and that beyond and beyond and beyond. Yeah, it's hard to say. Oh, so many questions. Why don't they just go to the nebula where the ship is trapped? 
What's they can't because we need a mirror we need a little distraction for Giorgio first oh okay. we need a sidebar well it just seems like the burn was so <laughs> urgent until now and now they're in this holding pattern and not sure why they just don't go there because <laughs> they have well, I think, the location I, don't they yeah well that's the thing is that there are problems with this nebula nebulas are they mess up right. your systems? Do you not remember Rathacon? <laughs> Nebulas fuck you the up. The Mutara Nebula, yeah. they will fuck you Nebulas. up. Yeah, haven't you seen like the latest Marvel movies? Nebula will fuck you up. Yes, they will. So, yeah, that's why they're not going into the Nebula because right. I think one ship already tried and failed. And yeah, if they if it were so easy, they wouldn't be stuck there. <laughs> they need more information. What did yeah. you think of Adira for getting to reinitiate the uh, the algorithm search? I was actually I found that very realistic because <laughs> it doesn't matter how smart you are when you are exhausted, yeah. you make mistakes and young. Mm-hmm. And Gray's ignoring her. Yeah, so yep. she's distracted or. Third, oh, sorry, them. Gray, Gray's ignoring them. I'm. Yeah. I still got to get used to the change in yeah. the pronouns. I apologize. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. We can correct ourselves. Yep. Yeah. So, we we may slip sometimes and say she instead of them, and I have done it. Yeah. But we recognize that we are getting used to it, and we'll get it down, and mm-hmm. it'll be fine. But that's that's the thing is that they put way too much pressure on themselves. Mm-hmm. More so than anyone else on that ship could possibly put on them. And the Mm. fact that they were getting upset when Stamets was saying, well, you're upset because Gray's not talking to you. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. No, I would thank him. I mean, that's so teenager. (laughs) So teenager. I actually really loved that moment because they were just acting like any normal teenager i felt a little that stamets was pushing a little hard i don't think that he was i think that uh they've already confided in stamets and he's one of the few people that knows what's going on and has an an understanding of the situation so i don't feel like he was pushing he was just trying to help right also it's stamets like he that's oh, yeah. kind of his thing. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. He's kind of like on the spectrum, Stamets is. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's it's so funny. I thought that after I w- watched this episode, I was like, well, we're only going to be able to talk for like 30 minutes about this. There's not and <laughs> leave it to You're so leave funny. it to us. We always have more to say, always, always, always. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also um Saru not saying anything to Vance. Mm. I actually agreed with that because they don't know very much yet. Right. They don't have the rest of the message, so they don't know how it's ended. But obviously those people can't possibly still be alive. Right. Because this happened like shortly before the burn. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, 120 years. Star Trek, some ships get caught in a time loop or whatever. So who knows? Right. Yeah, but I think... You know, the radiation, because mm. Adira said the radiation was already starting to affect her Yeah. in the recording. Yeah. So it was already causing problems. So it is unlikely that any of them survived. Yeah. Hmm. But I want to you... know what a dilithium nursery is. 
<laughs> what? In a nebula? Well, you what? know how there's star nurseries when we went to a planetarium and they were talking about how stars are born? Yeah, I get like that, but dilithium is very different. Yeah. You that... know, when, have you ever grown crystals? Yeah. No. Well, we have the Great Salt Lake. They do that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like you can put a string ones. in the yeah. salt lake and you can get salt growing on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or sugar crystals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, sh like rock candy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if dilithium crystals are tasty. <laughs> they are very pink. <laughs> they look delicious. They're not I'm green. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, they're probably raspberry. They taste good. <laughs> Just I as long as it's not fruit flavor. punch. Isn't Don't the pink usually raspberry? Almost always, uh, yeah. but blue can also be raspberry. That's which true. Could be schnozberry. Schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> yeah well if it were blackberry i'd be okay but yeah. raspberries will raspberries just taste terrible to me probably because they're also poison to me so Ooh. oh that's Maybe right bubblegum flavored i remember the cheesecake <laughs> thing with the raspberry on it yeah you couldn't eat it or you no. did eat it yeah. and bad things happened <laughs> or something no, well the, the first time that we found out it was actually a chocolate uh raspberry muffin that my mother made me eat a bite of but there, like, there was restaurants put raspberry sauce on fucking every dessert. Why? <laughs> Why? Because we were at, but, yeah, but not if it's not in the description in the menu, that's a problem. You need Fair. to have full disclosure on that. Because we were, uh, Dave, remember that time we were at Takano's and oh, yeah. I got that mango dessert and I came out and there was this red sauce all over mm -hmm. it that wasn't in the picture. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in the description. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what is this? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, that's raspberry sauce. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't eat this or I will be killed because yeah. I'm allergic to raspberries. <laughs> oh. And so they had to waste that dessert because I was allergic to raspberries and because they didn't give full disclosure that mm -hmm. there was a fucking raspberry sauce on it. Yep. They should know if there's any food allergies, you should describe everything that goes on that item. Yeah, but exactly. They, didn't. they did not. But boy, do they have the best limeade ever. Ugh. Oh my God, yes. Um, mm. <laughs> they call it Brazilian lemonade, but it's made with limes, and it is just, I'm, I'm actually salivating right now yeah, thinking about so it. Yeah, so good. Now I am. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We have just strayed all over the place during this episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. That's that is our strength, you guys. Is there anything we're forgetting? Really? I was gonna say that I really liked when Giorgio said, Oh, Saru's command blunder or whatever it was mm -hmm. to Tilly. Mm -hmm. Have you managed Latest to find a way to blunder? Yeah, have yeah. you managed to find a way to kill everybody on the ship yet or something? Because mm -hmm. I feel like for all the Tilly haters out there or not Tilly haters, but those that hate that she was made acting XO. Mm. Like, I feel like it's like, well, George O agrees with you. Mm. <laughs> I think it was a little bit of a... What's well, a dig a also on Saru. So it's a dig on Tilly and Saru for Saru's bad command decisions that have been happening lately. Yeah, but Plus, the listeners have been saying that too. Yeah, it's a, just another yeah. bad decision of mm -hmm. Saru, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, shut up. Jojo, love you. <laughs> takes out both of them. It's pretty mm -hmm. funny. Yeah. Yeah, so all those haters, I guess you're all just Jojo's. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sad but true. All right, anything else that we want to discuss about this episode? 
and it's cliffhanger. Uh, oh, Nielsen is not a blonde in the Mirror Universe. No, no. She's got like this reddish brunette. Auburn. We call Aub- that Auburn. Uh, thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Tilly is kind of blonde. So, yeah. She's a lighter red, but it's more yeah. of a variety. It's a reds. How about those, that angle there. on the back of the cut, though? That's yeah. Well, see, she's always fierce. had that angular, like when um, Tilly was cosplaying as Killy. Yeah. Uh, everything was at very sharp angles and even the back of her hair was like an inverted fishtail yeah so it's it was just yeah there was a lot of hard angles kelly's pretty like fashion for like she's she's styling there's like a dot to the 60s in there with with it being an updo it's almost beehive-ish almost it's like fembot-y yeah (laughs) yeah Mm mm-hmm and that eye makeup. Oh, those Her eye makeup eyes. was great. Oh, smoky eyes. Yep. All the makeup in this episode was really great. Yes. Really, really great. Amazing. And, okay. uh, yeah, so Giorgio <laughs> thinks she's changing her future. I guess we'll see if that's the case. Yeah. I like I that know. you said at the beginning the Christmas Carol thing. That, that, I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Something. It is odd that there's this inexplicable being that's guarding this portal that I don't know anything about, but you two seem to have a better understanding of it possibly being this guardian. I don't think guardian that it's that we have a, a better understanding of it. I think it's that we will once oh, they finish yeah. telling us what it's all about, but yeah. they haven't done that yeah. yet. And I, you know, when they do... It'll be great. Yeah. I don't need all the answers right away. Yeah. Well, you got to think that it's been a really long time since I've seen City on the Edge of Forever. But so I don't know if they've referenced that there are other portals, but it stands to reason that that would not be the only portal in the entire universe. It's all the doors from Shazam. Yeah, there you go. It's just like all the doors in Shazam when they're trying to get out of the the bad place which ends up being their lair in yep. in the end when they clean it out they have to clean up the lair before it can be their lair <laughs> i did just get an edith keeler toy Ooh. oh i know <laughs> a star trek one yeah playmates she's pretty nice. cool interesting stuff so yeah interesting stuff. that will be and interestingly in enough the two? store that i go to to get the toys sometimes oh. i stop by the sonic nearby and get a diet cherry limeade oh nice mm. But I digress. I'm so thirsty. Yeah, their fountain drinks are pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you saying, Dave? I'm sorry. Uh, something, something, something. Um, what Don't was say. I saying? I think you asked oh. if it was going to be explained. Oh yeah, if if this guardian or whatever is going to be explained in the next episode, or if they're just going to leave it being this weird mystery, which is okay to have a mystery. It's just right now it seems a bit of convenience just to serve the plot of getting Giorgio at a certain place that Dave yeah how can you have watched two and a half seasons of discovery and have no faith <laughs> I I know I'm like who are you who is this man <laughs> also 
if they never explain it, everyone's just going to headcanon it anyway. Yeah, that's true. Because I don't know if they really got around to exactly explaining control and where it came from. Uh, Yeah, they did. It was a program that was written for Section 31 and the Admirals of Starfleet. To pr- it was basically a threat assessment program. Right. But that the future version of itself is what came through that time dilation thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It just evolved. Okay. All yeah, right. it's called evolution. That It wanted to evolve. That was the whole point of everything that it did. It had gained so much knowledge that it could only progress if it became how do I put this? Not an organic being, per se, but a being with a true consciousness. Yes, right. So that was its whole end game. And because it was full of itself and thought that it was the end-all and be-all of life in the universe, yeah. uh, of course it's going to destroy all <laughs> organic life, and then mm-hmm. it's just like, well, then what are you going to play with? Oh, yeah, the left? trope of the synthetic life believing that it is more efficient and superior to organic life and then seeks to mm-hmm. destroy it because it wants perfection and organic life is imperfect. Yes. It's whereas, like a cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Of sorts. Whereas Data was the absolute inverse of that and spent his existence trying to be more human right. rather than finding himself superior to organic life. I gotta say, originally I didn't think I liked this episode. And then watching it again, it improved on, you know, upon the first watching, because, you know, I wasn't, like you do with the first watching, is just try to figure out what the hell is going on. It's mm-hmm. like the second time you watch it, you're like, oh, oh I, uh, this is all familiar. And now I'm picking up things I missed the first time because I was asking myself questions. And now that we've talked about the episode, I think it's improved even further because there's you know, nuances that I might have missed the first time or even the second time. So, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those episodes that just grows on you. And then once we see the second part of the two-parter, though... Star Which Trek we'll has tomorrow. a habit of the second parters not quite living up to what the first parter sets up, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, but Discovery has yeah. broken that chain yeah, that's because true. let's think about Such Sweet Sorrow Part One and Such Sweet Sorrow Part Two. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Seriously, if there yeah. was a weak part of that two-parter, it was the first episode. Right. The second episode was the absolute bomb. So, so. yeah, I think that they have. Uh, they have broken that tradition yeah we'll we'll see and that's you know when we started reviewing season three that's the thing i said is like we're in uncharted waters now mm-hmm. we, we mm-hmm. don't know exactly what's coming and so we're guessing all along with everybody else you know this isn't a retrospective we're in it yeah. looking at the episodes as they air i have a prediction i think we're gonna see Lorca in the next episode you know, Ooh, that'd be so I, nice. I would it's love to the see the best kept Jason secret of season three. <laughs> well, they've kept some pretty big secrets yeah. this season. Yeah, so. David Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah, what? It's like what? I'm still just like what the what? And I, I'm so grateful for subtitles, you guys, because honestly, 
I wouldn't have caught that Kelvin Universe reference mm -hmm. with as well without the subtitles. Because it's just the way uh, Kovic says it so offhandedly. And I'm just like, wait, what did he just say? And I was reading the subtitles and I'm like, oh, fuck me. They just referenced Kelvin. <laughs> so the flashbacks, the Giorgio flashbacks, visions, was that when she killed Michael? Is that, are we assuming that now? I don't know because she kept saying son and son. I don't know if I, she just seemed so much younger in that flashback mm -hmm. that I, I think of it as a more defining moment in her life, possibly when I just don't know. Okay. I just, I don't know, but she doesn't definitely seemed younger in, in those flashbacks. In any case, again, I think it's something that she may have blocked out because otherwise she would understand what was going on. Well, I looked up San in Chinese and I only came up with one word and that's three. Right. Which is weird. Hmm. And if it's Korean, it means like sir or ma'am or something like that or Mr. or Miss. Mm -hmm. And in Japanese, it is a, a suffix depending on whom you're addressing. Like if you're addressing someone who is mm. a teacher, you would say their last name and right. San after that. Right. So, yeah. But if you were saying you were speaking to someone that you have great affection for, like a lover or a good friend, you would use kun as the suffix. Oh. So, so yeah. Daniel Sun mm -hmm. as opposed to Daniel Kuhn. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about Chinese names is they're all taken from this epic poem that was around the warring periods. <laughs> So it's pretty fun. Dave just what? blowing my mind oh, all sorry. episode long. <laughs> I know. It's a compliment, sweetie. Hmm. He doesn't okay. even know. He's just like spouting all this amazing, like smart stuff. And I, you don't even know how cool it is. You don't I even know how cool you are. From Dave. My mother is she was like a trivia queen and just oh, yeah. picking no. up on weird facts. Nobody beats Dave at Trivial Pursuit. Hmm. I have tried many I'm times. I'm so bad at that game. Yeah, my mother could probably just because, I don't know, mm. it's something about our bloodline or whatever where we just absorb weird information. Yeah. All right, then. Well, All right, then. I guess we will wrap up this episode and see what happens next week. Actually, for Dave and me, it'll be tomorrow that we get the screener. Oh my goodness, so soon. So soon. Yeah. Just give yeah, me the it's always, link. It's always the shush. It's always the day after the latest episode airs as we get the screeners. And that's a pattern that's held since we started getting screeners for lower decks. So mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway. Uh Dave, would you like to tell people where they can find you around the internet? Oh yeah, we do that, don't we? Uh, we do. I'm Dark Corner Cast on Twitter. Yeah, I'm also DJ Evil Dave on Facebook. I host with Brandy the Dark Corner Podcast on darkcornerpodcast.com. Uh, that's <laughs> about it, really. <laughs> okay, then. And Chris, where will people find you? You can find me on Twitter and the IG at CD Littlefield, and you can follow my other shows at Open Channel Trek and at Four Questions Trek, and that's the number four, not the word. 
and me, you'll find too many places. Um, it's difficult for me to keep reciting the list of things that I do, so I'll just say um, check out the live shows on Saturday, Infinite Trek at 1 p.m. Mountain Time on the Twitch channel Outpost 13 with my friend Aaron Harvey, and the Unready Room at 7 p.m. on Saturdays, Mountain Time, with my good friend Dan Gunther on his YouTube channel, Kurt Ratz Productions. And we're currently covering Discovery on both of those as well. Completely different conversations all. And uh, <laughs> my other podcasts <laughs> for Sweet Media are The Vedic Assembly and Boldly Go. You can check those out at hollowsweetmedia.com and um, Headcanon. Someday we'll have a new episode, which you can also find at darkquarterpodcast.com and I think that's everything yep yep that's everything so thank you everyone for bearing with us through this tangent filled journey through the wooden door (laughs) on a cold frozen planet Mm -hmm. oh god I just thought of something far worse than wooden door Um, I'm not going to say it on this episode. So join us next week to see once again what the future holds. I like doing this with (laughs) y'all. It's so much fun. (laughs) It's fun. I almost started singing the theme song for the polka dot door. I don't know what that is. Behind the green door. Recording. Recording. Oh, all in order. Yeah. <laughs> I came last as I should. No. Oh, wow, that's very. Oh, Captain First Officer Crewman. Okay. That's the way it works. Oh, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm the yes. first officer? You're the first officer. What? You, you can, Dave can be chief engineer. Or Aww. would you rather be chief science officer or chief medical officer? Uh, or I don't know. <laughs> I'm an ops. I'm. Well, counselor. Citation okay, ops. chief operating <laughs> officer. You're the COO. I'm chief finance officer on the post scarcity society. <laughs> the oh, easiest God. job ever. Technically, that actually makes you second officer. So, mm. so you're you know not just uh, a crew. I'm a yeoman. Come on, no, you're not. You're a commissioned officer because okay. I said so. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, let's. Um, is that, is it, um, am I hearing the cat? Dave? I don't think so. He might be hearing okay, something from that's outside. Crazy. I think <laughs> that's he's downstairs crazy. asleep. I swear I heard a cat. Okay, that was weird. Ghost, Ghost cat. cats. Um, Ghost cats. It's <laughs> a good television series idea. Saturday morning cartoon. I think so. Ghost cats. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It has to be done in Japanese anime style, though, or else it's not going to be cute enough. (laughs) I think we have a hit on our hands. There could be Garfield, there could be Heathcliff, and then Ghost Cats. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Anyone know how to draw? I don't. Nope. I'm not good at drawing. Okay, we'll have to hire an animator. Anyway, let's... um, I'm trying to find different ways to start the show. Teenage Ghost Cats. (laughs) Do they have to be teenage? Oh, no. Okay. I mean, They're teenage middle-aged ninjas. I mean, cats, 
have a different lifespan than yeah. humans and right. turtles for that matter middle-aged so, premenopausal no, ghost cats yeah <laughs> and uh and and technically those those are tortoises not turtles because turtles are in the sea tortoises yeah. are on the land and monkeys have tails and apes do not and little lives yeah. eat ivy nobody seems to give oh my god shits. i was thinking of that song too <laughs> little lambs eat ivy a kiddly ivy too wouldn't you <laughs> Oh, Mersey dotes and dozy dotes. through the lips. My dad used to sing that. Oh, it's so cute. Oh. I love it. Oh, happy memory. <laughs> My dad was always singing ridiculous songs. He was the best. That's a good one. Now it's going to be stuck in my head. Thanks, <laughs> <Matt>. <laughs> we haven't even started the show. <laughs> I know. This is this is going to be fun to edit in later because, oh, it's, it's going to end act. up in the show. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, definitely. You have your choice of a litter that. of okay, ghost so cats. Let's... <laughs> plenty to choose from for an outtake. <laughs> <laughs> it could be one of those pick of the litter. best of episodes or something <laughs> at least this all on its own okay <clears throat> thanks all for right. joining us that was fun yeah that, that was uh, that was a good time but seriously okay this show is brought to you by hollow sweet media Computer. List other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. It's too much effort and I'm busy. I gotta get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had stuff to do. He had logs to plant. He had a ship to take over. <laughs> he had an entire plot to uh, to fill out and make everyone think that he needed to have a trial for mutiny <laughs> because that will distract everyone long enough for them to get to Talos for. He's busier than Prince Humperdinck. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Starpod Trek, a podcast exploring Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. So we're seeing that the early Star Trek conventions were were a nice balance between science fiction and real world science. And that was cool because the, because a lot of uh, Star Trek fans are interested in science, and a lot of, and I mean all of those um, science guests that were there probably were Star Trek fans, and and they they probably even said that that they got into to science because of their love of Star Trek. Loading Hollow Suite preview program for the Vedic Assembly. A Deep Space Nine podcast. We don't know what that Cardassian technology is, but it could, yeah. Do we need to know? No, nah. we don't need to okay, know. Just some bit know. of self-stealing, self-sealing stem bolts. <laughs> yes, it wants those self-sealing stem bolts. And <laughs> Somebody wants them. <laughs> because self-sealing, you guys. Yes. I mean, it's not just a regular stem bolt. <laughs> I don't know why you don't get why these are so valuable. Okay. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.